Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. You know, Jesus left the disciples with the Holy Spirit in such an amazing way. I want to show you three parts to this as we start the series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So in John chapter 14, on the last night Jesus was with his disciples, he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will come back to you. But then he, he told them how he was going to come back. In verse 16, he says, I will pray the Father. He will give you another helper or another friend. And that word another means another the same as talking about himself. He said, I'll give you another helper uh, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. It neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus said to them, you've had the Holy Spirit with you. You've had me with you. After I go, he will be in you. Then in John 20, on the first night uh, that Jesus rose again, that first resurrection Sunday, he came to them in the evening uh, and he said, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So he then breathes on them on the first day after he's risen again, and they have the Holy Spirit inside of them. But then in Acts chapter 1, he said to them, uh, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And then we know a few days later, 10 days later, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The room where they were sitting and meeting and praying, they were there together in unity. The room was filled with a sound like a mighty blowing wind. The flames of fire came on each one of them. They started to prophesy and, and speak in tongues. And the world was changed and they were changed. Instead of being a small, scared group in an upper room, they went out and changed the world and thousands came to follow Jesus. But can you see the three steps? Number one, Jesus is with them before he dies and the Holy Spirit is with them, helping them, but not in them. But he says he will be in you. Then Jesus rises again and he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit and they get a part of the Holy Spirit. They get the Holy Spirit in them because Romans 8 says, if you don't have any of the Spirit, you're not a believer. But we can see there's a difference between having the Spirit and then being filled or baptized with the Spirit because Jesus said, yes, you've got him, but don't leave Jerusalem until you've been baptized, drenched, overwhelmed, filled to overflowing with him. And when that happened, then they started to speak in tongues. Now, why am I speaking about this? Because there are gifts of the Holy Spirit that you as a believer have been given. It's a bit like a Christmas gift. You've been given it, but you may not know about it and you may not have opened the gift, but it's a gift, a free gift. Can I just tell you a story from my early teenage years? We growing up did not have a lot of money compared to many other people. <laughs> compared to some, we had a lot. 
it's all relative, isn't it? But we, compared to my friends and my classmates, we were not very well off. And so all through the year, we, we did with very little. And then at Christmas time, we only got one or two gifts and they weren't very expensive gifts. But one year, my dad suddenly got a promotion and there was a lot of money. And for a whole year, we had a lot of nice things, nice food, nice holidays, nice things in the house. Everybody had enough and more than enough. And then on Christmas Day that year, boy, I got so many gifts, so many big gifts, expensive gifts, fancy gifts. I could not believe my eyes. I walked in on Christmas morning and under the Christmas tree, there was a bicycle and there were several other really important and expensive gifts. And I was overwhelmed. I can remember that feeling of being completely overwhelmed. Friends, I want to tell you that when Jesus left earth, he poured out his spirit and his spirit has gifts. And we are now rich as a family of believers, rich in gifts of the Holy Spirit, rich in the Holy Spirit's presence and power with us. But many of us don't know about that. We're kind of still living in the, the pre-Pentecost days. Many people are, are still trying to scratch around with just a little bit of the Spirit. They haven't been filled. But then also many people have not realized that there is a Christmas gift, a gift of the Holy Spirit for you. Yes, we all, the family of God, are rich. We can benefit from each other's gifts of the Holy Spirit. We can see God moving and working in the family of believers in a wonderful way. And He is just pouring out rich blessings and rich gifts to so many. But for you, there is a Christmas gift. There is a Holy Spirit gift with your name on it that is just for you. And that's what I want to look at over the next few weeks. So let me just show you, as Jesus was leaving, just one other aspect. I've shown you from Acts 1, what he said, from John 20. You know, the Great Commission was not just in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Jesus said the Great Commission in John 20, in Luke 24, in Acts 1, uh, in Mark 16. So verse 14 says, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, he rebuked their unbelief because they did not believe those who had seen him. And he said to them, go into all the world. This is Jesus speaking to his followers. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is the Great Commission in Mark's words. Perhaps at another time, perhaps at the same time. We're not sure, but it could be. It, it is the same message, whether it's in a different time or not. Preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all the world. Yes, that's familiar to us. But then listen to what he says in verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. You see, if you believe, you get baptized and you're saved. But if you don't believe, you're condemned. In other words, baptism is not saving you, but it's part and parcel of believing. It's believing that makes you saved or not saved. But baptism is closely linked. Verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. Not just the apostles or the ordained reverends, all of those who believe. These signs will follow those who believe. Listen to the signs. Have you got the signs? Because there is a gift for you. It's already there under the Christmas tree. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick 
and they will recover. Jesus said this is going to be normal. Christmas time, rich time, we're pouring out gifts. And they're gifts. They're not things we earn. You know, when I walked into that room on Christmas morning, if I had now taken out my, my wallet and said to my mom and dad, let me pay for this bicycle and this thing, it would have been crazy. I can't pay for it because it's a gift. And they wanted to give me the gift. It's a gift. I wonder if you're getting this. Verse 19 uh, says that he then was received up to heaven. And verse 20 says, And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. Isn't that an amazing story? So, did you know that you're in a family that is rich with gifts of the Holy Spirit? Did you know you can benefit from it as the family of God? But did you know there's a gift for you? And there's a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which talks about this in great detail. Pretty much the whole of 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 are talking about these gifts of the Holy Spirit. 12, the start of it, talks about these nine miraculous gifts. He puts them into categories or gifting wrappers. And he says, there is one for you, each one of you. Then he puts it in a bit of context at the rest of chapter 12, how it works with some of the other gifts and, and things we do in the body of Christ. Then in chapter 13, he says, but be careful. Love must be all through this. You can't do this without love. And then in chapter 14, he gives more specific instructions about our personal conduct, prophecy and tongues, and then public use of some of these gifts. So we're going to focus on chapter 12 and we're going to see how we go. And today I'm going to give you an overview and then just talk about the first three of these Holy Spirit gifts. So 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4 says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. If you have a Christmas gift that is different to somebody else's, that's not a different Spirit. It's the same loving Holy Spirit giving them to both. Don't think you have to be the same as somebody else. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And you're going to see here, he, he uses three little sentences, Spirit, Lord, and Father, or God. And it's talking about three categories of gifts. The first are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, these nine that we're going to talk about. Then he says there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Those are the ministry gifts of Jesus that he talks about in Ephesians 4, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. It says Jesus left gifts behind him. And that's a different category of gifts. And then he says in verse uh, 6, And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. And those are the seven activity gifts listed in Romans 12. Prophecy, leadership, teaching, giving, encouraging, mercy, serving. That's a different category of gifts. But they're all gifts of God. And in many teachings, you will hear people say they're all gifts of the Spirit. It's not exactly accurate, but it is kind of accurate because the Father, Son, and the Spirit are all one. So they're all involved in, in all three of those. But he clearly puts them in three different categories here. Gifts of the Spirit, ministries of the Lord, activities of God. And they all work together. And later on in 1 Corinthians 12, he shows how they kind of interlink with each other. But I want to focus on the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, because I think those are the Christmas gifts that many of us have missed out on. 
Many of us know about encouragement and serving and mercy and teaching and, and those kind of activities, those motivational gifts that were in us even before we were believers, but they just get increased after we become Christians. Many of us know about those, and those are of God, and they're wonderful, but that's not what I'm talking about today. Many of us know about pastor, teacher, evangelist, and those are wonderful. Those are the ministries of the Lord Jesus, but I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. They've given to all of us. Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem until you've got this power. And so they waited and they got it. And then the gifts started to flow. So let me read through this list of the gifts. Verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Friend, did you know that you have been given a manifestation of the Spirit. One of these nine gifts, you have been given it. It's there waiting under the Christmas tree. Whether you've received it or not, I don't know. The manifestation is given to each one for the profit of all. So what he's about to say, these nine gifts are for the benefit of others, for the profit of all, for the blessing of other people. They're not a personal gift. They're never for my own blessing, help, edification, uh, enlightenment. They're always for another person or a group of people. And that puts that into context. These nine gifts are public gifts for helping other people, for the profitable. And then he says, to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. What is that? To another, the word of knowledge. So they're obviously linked. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. And word, it's not wisdom itself. It's not knowledge itself. It's a word of wisdom. A word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. But we all have faith, don't we? And, and faith is a gift. The Bible says we've been given a measure of faith. So what is this? This is something different, obviously. A gift of faith, a special Christmas present. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. And here it's all in plural, which means healing is the category. But some people are more gifted in healing certain things. And I've seen this. I've seen people who have an amazing success rate when they pray for certain types of healing or, or, or certain diseases to be healed. Uh, but gifts of healings is one of the categories. To another working of miracles. And again, that's in plural. Miracles, miraculous things. Jesus walked on the water. He fed the 5,000. He did all these miracles as well as healing and casting out demons. So miracles is another category. To another, prophecy, speaking God's words. To another, discerning of spirits, being able to know what's going on behind a person's actions or problems or whatever is happening. To know, is that uh, the Holy Spirit? Is that their human spirit? What spirit are they acting in? Is there a demonic spirit? And if so, what kind of demonic spirit? There's some, it's a discernment gift. To another, different kinds of tongues, speaking in different languages, and to another, interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Let me just make a couple of points, and then I'm going to try and cover these first three if I can. The important thing for you to realize is that there is confusion sometimes where we think all the gifts mentioned in the Bible are gifts of the Spirit. And so if I have a gift of encouragement, then I've got my gift. But no, there are categories. And he says this category of nine gifts of the Spirit, each one of us has at least one of them. Secondly, we have all of these things because they're Christian characteristics. Faith, 
um, being able to be healed, um, wisdom, knowledge. These are things that all Christians have, but there's a special gift, a special empowerment that's a, a, a gift for you that is supernaturally anointed, where whenever you do it, there are results and it is powerful and it is more than just normal knowledge or faith or whatever it is. And then thirdly, these are for use of all other people. They're not for my personal use, but he says to each one, at least one gift is given. I think sometimes we want all nine gifts and we think, yes, I'll use them. And yes, we can use them. They're all available because the Holy Spirit has poured out riches to the whole family. We can use these when we need, but there is at least one, maybe two, which are your special gift, which every time you use it, it works just about. And there is supernatural results. So let's look at these first three. I'm going to speak about the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits, because they go together. They, I call them insight gifts. They, they are gifts of being able to know something we couldn't know. And I'm probably not going to have time to go through all of it, but I'll just give you a couple of examples. The word of wisdom, do you remember whenever Jesus was speaking publicly, the Pharisees and other people would try and trick him with questions, and he had wise answers for them, uh, surprising answers. Uh, there was a time in Matthew twenty-two fifteen. the Pharisees plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. Uh, they said, teacher, we know that you are true. You teach the way of God. Uh, you, you don't care about anyone. You do not regard the person of, of men. Tell us what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? They were trying to trick him in his words. And Jesus, every time they did this, he had a word of wisdom. He had a way of answering that was amazing. It was a word of wisdom. It was just a gift that was powerful. So he said to them, show me the tax money. They brought him a denarius. He said to them, whose image and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. He said to them, therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. He was saying to them, you have God's image on you, just as this coin has Caesar's image. Give to Caesar what Caesar's. Give to God your heart. Wisdom. And it diffused their their anger and their trickery, but it also brought God's power. On this tax issue, another time the, the official said, don't you pay the temple tax, Jesus? And Jesus said to Peter, we don't need to pay it because I am the Lord of the temple, but just to avoid problems, go and look, there's a fish there and it's got a coin in its mouth and it's exactly the right amount to pay the temple tax. That was a word of knowledge. He knew there was a fish with a coin in its mouth. This is the, the way this gift operates. Another time Jesus met a woman in John chapter 4, a Samaritan woman next to a well. He said to her, give me a drink. And that was a word of wisdom because he knew what her need was and he was angling the conversation to speak to her about him being the living water. And if she drinks of the, the water that he gives, she'll never thirst again. And then he says to her, go and get your husband knowing full well because of a word of knowledge that she had several husbands in the past and she was struggling in that area. And it broke through and enabled her to believe in him, to be forgiven, healed, saved. And then she went back to her village and evangelized the whole village for Christ because of a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. Amazing. Amazing. You say to me, do others other than Jesus use these gifts? Well, Stephen, one of the 
first servers in the church in Acts chapter 6, he would argue with the, the people who were not believers. And it says in verse 10, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. He just had the right words and the right answers. When Paul in Acts chapter 16 was trying to get to Ephesus, he knew he should be going to plant a church in Ephesus, which is called Asia. But it says the Holy Spirit stopped him. And then they tried to go into Bithynia and they tried to go by Mysia. And and the Holy Spirit was guiding them. That's a word of wisdom where they felt the Spirit say, yes, it's right to go there, but not now. And they were guided by wisdom. Jesus in John chapter 147, it says, Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. That's a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. Jesus is operating in knowing what's in a person's heart. Um, Catching many fish by the lake, Jesus tells him, put your nets over that side and you'll catch fish. He knew where the fish were. Um, Just so many amazing things. Um, When he heals the paralytic, the the four friends remove the roof and and bring him down. Uh, Jesus knows what's in the critics' hearts. And he says to them, why are you saying this thing in your heart? Um, And then he sees the faith of the man. It's just amazing how all these gifts worked together in Jesus. In Acts chapter 5, Peter is sitting there and everybody is amazed by God's goodness. And so they're selling all their goods and bringing the money. And a man called Ananias comes and Jesus, uh, Peter has a word of knowledge that he's not giving the full amount. Uh, And he says, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? He had a discerning of spirits. He knew it was Satan. And he had a word of knowledge. He knew what was happening. And he had a word of wisdom because he knew how to handle it in such a way that it was the correct way. He could have shouted at him or whatever, but he just asked the question. And the Lord worked in his heart. Ananias and then later his wife Sapphira actually died, I think out of God's mercy, so that they went straight to heaven because they were on a track of lying to the Holy Spirit. There are so, so many examples of this. Jesus with discerning of spirits. He would often know what kind of spirit it was. When there was a a young boy who was demon-possessed, Jesus said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Um, There was a woman with a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. Jesus knew it had been 18 years, and he knew the type of spirit that was uh, worrying her. He talked about unclean spirits. He talked about mute spirits. Uh, Jesus dealt with spirits, and he knew what was behind a person's question. There was a rich young ruler or lawyer who came to him and said, what good thing must I do to get to heaven? But Jesus knew what was actually going on in his heart, that he was proud. And he said, obey the Ten Commandments and and look after your neighbor. And he showed the man that there was pride in his heart. He could see the spirit behind what was happening. Paul in Philippi, in Acts chapter 16, there's a girl following them, saying, these men are servants of the Most High God. And he knows it's a spirit of divination. He could discern the spirit. He rebuked the spirit and set her free. Um, He also dealt with a man called Elimus, who had a spirit. And he said, you're going to be blind. Peter, uh, with Simon the sorcerer in Acts chapter 8, Simon wanted to buy the ability to pray for people to be filled with the spirit. 
And Peter says, I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. He could discern the spirits. So I have so many other examples of this. But what are we, what are we saying here? We're saying that these gifts, wisdom, you know, James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. Wisdom is for all of us. And there are times we can operate in the spirit of wisdom. Jesus said in Luke 21, when you get hauled before people who are trying to accuse you, don't worry because the Holy Spirit will give you words and wisdom that no one can resist or contradict. So these gifts, all of them are available at all times to the family of God. But what I want to say is there is a gift or maybe a little group of gifts, one or two or three. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and uh, discerning of spirits often go together. You have a gift. You say, well, what do I do with this? The gift is there under the Christmas tree. You just need to ask, and then you need to act. In Luke chapter 11, If a son asks for bread from, his, from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Friends, God has poured out riches of gifts. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on all flesh. He is available. He just wants us to come and say, Father, please can I have this gift? I have it because I'm a believer inside me, but I need it to overflow, to baptize me, to fill me. And then I'm going to start speaking. In the book of Acts and various other places, whenever people were filled with the Spirit, the first thing they did was they started speaking in tongues. But then one of these nine gifts started to become the gift that they were especially empowered to use. Ask Him, thank Him for filling you with His Spirit, and then say, I'm going to start, first of all, by just speaking words that are not my native language. And then I'm going to say, is it a word of knowledge? Are you giving me knowledge about something, Lord? Are you giving me wisdom to know how to act or how to speak? Are you giving me discernment to know what's behind a situation? And we're going to look at the other gifts in weeks to come. Friends, God has poured out riches. He really has. It's better than Christmas Day. There is gifts and gifts and gifts. And you have a gift, at least one. Lord Jesus, please bless my friend, my brother or sister who's listening to me. Lord, I pray that if they don't know you yet, they would ask you into their hearts right now so that they have the deposit of the Holy Spirit within them. Friend, just say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me and save me now. I need you to save me. And he will come in and save you right now. But then just say, Lord, I ask you, like Luke 11 verse 13 says, I ask you for your Holy Spirit. It's a gift. It's not something I could earn. Please, would you fill me to overflowing? And then you say thank you, whether you feel anything or not, and you start acting it out. Just as Peter, when Jesus said, come and walk on the water, Peter had to use his own legs and muscles to walk on the water. You then have to start acting out, speaking words that are not English or your native language, and looking for opportunities, for words of knowledge. Is God telling me something? Is God giving me wisdom? Am I discerning something? And use the gifts and see how God uses you. It's a wonderful time to be alive. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.